Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Uh, I really enjoyed that conversation with John Ray from Gulf Coast Business Furniture and Supply Company. Um, I would refer to his company as a company with a soul, and maybe John Ray is that guy standing behind it with a servant's heart. The work that he's doing in the community is truly inspiring. So if you missed it, you can go to the Super Talk Gulf Coast Facebook page, the Super Talk Mississippi Facebook page, the Super Talk Mississippi YouTube page, or just your favorite podcast and, uh, and call it up. Um, if you want inspiration, listen to my conversation with John Ray. Now let's turn the page and move over to my dear friend, Glenn East, the superintendent of schools for Gulfport School System. And the headline I had for, for our conversation today is, Let's try this again. <laughs> what, what had happened, Glenn and I actually tried to come together about a week or so ago, and we had just a terrible Wi-Fi issue, and we couldn't resolve it. So instead of you know settling with something that was just kind of poor technical quality, we decided to reschedule. So here we are this morning with a great connection and good Wi-Fi and, and all. So it's good to see you this morning, Glenn. Good to see you. Good to see you. So I mentioned to you, you have a lot of responsibility. You've got uh, 10 schools, uh, just under 6,000 students you're responsible for. We've had tremendous opportunities to visit both before and after the, after the pandemic. And I've referred to you in the past as a very innovative um, you know, school and education leader here in coastal Mississippi. And you're going to do, do some innovation here soon, and I'm, we're going to come back to that in just a second. But one of the things I wanted to do is look back on 2020. I wanted to share this with you. This is from a, a Wall Street Journal opinion piece. And essentially, it said this, that during the pandemic, America's Catholic schools are providing similar lifeline to hundreds of thousands of children who would otherwise be out of class and losing ground. Perhaps now, with so many public schools uh, leaving, leaving their students in the lurch, it would be a good moment for another reconsideration. Don't parents deserve the option of school? that will put their children first. And it goes on from there. It's written by a guy by the name of William McGurn. Um, what's interesting to me, and it's true, the Catholic school system in America has sort of gotten it right. But what's, what's also interesting is when we're having the national conversation about public schools, it's like we leave out schools in the nation, like here in coastal Mississippi, that are they've never missed a lick that are doing just as innovative being just as innovative and just as successful as the catholic school system does that kind of drive you crazy well first let me say look our coastal catholic schools are doing very well too so i, I can i can understand that piece they, they're they're doing a great job in the middle of this pandemic and we have a good relationship with them but uh for us, I think you do have 11 school districts and, and more across the coast that are that are really doing a good job taking care of all their children. So I agree 100 percent in the national conversation. Things seem to get lost. But here's little Gulfport and Biloxi and Long Beach and the rest, Ocean Springs and Pascasian. And we all seem to keep pushing and doing a good job for our kids. So it's it may be regionalized or sectionalized. But I know that our, our, our public school teachers and our parochial school teachers here on the coast are doing a great job for our kids. Yeah, I think if you look at Mississippi as a whole, I think um, there, from an economic point of view, we're like number three in the nation in terms of economic recovery. If you look at tourism, where the rest of the nation is down about 50%, we're down something slightly less than 20%. It's amazing when you think about the resiliency that we possess, especially here in coastal Mississippi, because we've been here before. We've had to deal with challenges before. 
And you guys, uh, you know, you're all about bouncing back from from difficult situations, and this is just the next one. But the reality is, you have done it, and you and you have done a good job of getting the kids back in school and helping parents make sure the kids don't get get too far behind. When you look back on 2020, what are you most proud of? Uh, I am most proud that we have a great group of teachers and building level administrators that grabbed this challenge by the horn, so to speak, and went to work immediately. There was, there was I don't want to say it was fear, but I guess, let me use that word. There was fear that we were going to lose some kids, that this was going to cause us to do things differently so much we're going to lose some education opportunities. Our teachers did not let that happen, Ricky. They, they, they bounded out. Our principals supported them. Now, are we a tired lot today? Is that a tired group of folks today? Yeah, they're pretty tired, but yet they continue to push. And I'm so proud of the stories that you hear about kids who are virtual right now. They're being successful face to face who are being successful. And behind every bit of that are classroom teachers who are working harder than ever. We we along the coast work hard on on a normal day. But even with the pandemic, you're getting that second energy. You're getting that push to make sure we take care of the youth of the Gulf Coast. I'm so proud of our teachers and our administrators. What's amazing to me, Glenn is that um, there is no rest for the weary as it relates to the work that you've had to do around the pandemic. I mean, it's just extraordinary effort and work and, you know, putting the well-being of the students and the teachers first, but understanding that kids that are not in the classroom, it, it creates a whole new set of challenges for parents and for those students. And you've, you've really tried to find that, that proper balance. And for the most part, all the report cards on you guys has, have been extremely positive. Even with all that, even with all that, you still are able to be, you know, you, you're able to say, okay, we're get, we still have to find time in our day to be innovative. How do you do that? How do you find time in the midst of all this noise around the pandemic to be innovative with, with putting the, the education of students first? How do you find the time? Our our basic premise on, on planning and, and, and process changing deals with our strategic plan. And, 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 you know, you hear about those across the countries, but ours is a living, breathing document that started as far back as 92. And we really did it. We started that process. It's a five-year review. It's a yearly review. So our map of our school district going into the future has so many people having input along the way. And so, you, 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 for example, you have a hurricane getting in your way. That doesn't stop your planning. That doesn't stop where you want to be five years from now. You've got a pandemic. We've had some plans on the board. You don't stop just because of the pandemic, uh, and you continue to do that. And our strength is that we include a lot of people in those discussions so that when something comes out, it may be a little controversial, but at the end of the day, there's been a lot of input into how those programs and what we're going to do in the future looks like. Yeah, you know, I've always made strategic planning kind of a key to my success when I was in business. And and I love the way you said living document. Essentially what that means is you you develop the document, it goes on paper, the paper it's on paper to help guide you. But the fact that it's living means that you're able to make adjustments to it constantly. You're right, you know, you get a new set of information, a new pandemic hit, it changes and modifies the plan. But you're always asking yourself, did it change? The ultimate goal, that it change where we're headed? Do, do the deliverables change? Do, do the way we measure success change? Um, and But the goal is always uppermost in your minds, and I'm sure in your case is simply providing 
the best possible education you can provide for the students. And then underneath that, you just have a lot of objectives and, uh, you know, and guidance to help you make sure you stay focused. The other thing that's great about the strategic planning process is you get everybody on the same page. You're all singing from the same hymnal, so to speak. So there's not a lot of room for, for confusion. Everyone understands what the goals are. And if someone has an idea that could change a goal, you listen to that idea and you say, you know what, that's a great idea. In our annual review of our five-year plan, we're going to make that adjustment, or at least we're going to involve people in the conversation around making that adjustment. Is that pretty consistent with the way you guys are doing it? Ricky is exactly right. I, I tell the joke all the time, and not really joke, but make the point all the time is that if, if the superintendent of the Gulfport School District walked in on Monday morning and says, everybody's going to wear white tennis shoes, the first question out of their mouth is, how is that going to help student achievement? How is that going? And by the way, superintendent, was that vetted through our strategic plan? So it's really about everybody getting together to do what's best for students, inspiring them to be problem solvers, lifelong learners, productive members of society. Every decision is about our children and not about some whim or some turn on a given day. And that, that strategic plan keeps you grounded in that foundation. So, no, we're not all going to wear white tennis shoes because nobody can prove that's going to help students achieve it. So uh, <laughs> that's the way it works. <laughs> Well, one of the things I want to talk about today is year-round school, and uh, I did a little research, and maybe the maybe the number on this is uh, low relative to where schools are today. But the the research I did said that nationwide, about four thousand schools, or roughly ten percent of students, operate under a year-round or modified schedule. Is that is that about the number that you've seen? We've we've heard I've heard ten percent up to twenty percent. So yeah, that's, that's a good number to talk about and, and what they're trying to do. There are a lot of lot of lot of good ar- arguments about alternative schedules. One, of, of course, is what they refer to as the summer slide. Um, we can we, we'll hit the headline on it, but when we come back from the break on the other side, we'll get into the, the more details. But essentially, give the headline for what you guys are are doing. The headline is is that we've got some areas that we need to do a better job educating our kids. So spreading out that school year was a method that we saw to make that happen in this ever-changing, fast-moving knowledge world that we live in. So trying to make sure, again, that we're doing what's best for our kids and expanding that school year away from a calendar that's been around for hundreds of years because of our agricultural background and so on and so forth it's time for us to look and do specific things to take care of children so we can get to those details after the break and and, and get really solid with those about each of the things we've done and why we're doing it this year so that's what we're going to do when we come back from the great break um you can we'll, we'll hear from you about how you guys got on this subject why you did it what is it um what are some of the pluses and minuses of it I mean, it's, sometimes it's hard to, to do something new and different, but, uh, but the benefits are worth it. You know, change is not always easy, but the benefits of doing such a thing can be incredibly important to a child's education. And when that's the goal, it will, it will cause you to do some innovative things. So when we come back from the break, we'll talk about year-round school with uh, Glenn East. Be back at Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to Coastview. We have Glenn East, the superintendent of the Gulfport School System with us, and we're talking about their innovative strategic efforts. And we're going to talk specifically about uh, year-round school. But before we do that, I just wanted to mention, during the break, I looked over at Kyle Curley, the producer of the show, and he's smiling. And, um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I take it for granted sometimes. This guy just keeps plugging away, making our making Coastview go so smoothly. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, Kyle. You, are you on the mic? I am. I am. Just some of the comments. It's absolutely true about the Northeast and how we yeah, just. Yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about how the North. It? Yeah, what's, what happens in the Northeast schools tend to form the opinions of the people in major media. And it's almost like they forget that there's another part of the country where the pandemic has, stopped, has not stopped life. We've been moving right along and, and doing really well. But anyway, thank you for for your efforts, Kyle. I appreciate it, buddy. You bet. Yeah. So coming back to you, Glenn. So uh, let's uh, let's talk about how did you guys get to this point and just kind of give us a spiel on where you are. So back to our conversation. This was part of our strategic plan. It's kind of it's been rolling around down our heads for about ten years. Really became serious on our last readjustment five years ago. Here are the things that we were trying to address. One, you do talk about the summer slide and and and, and being able to remediate children. Who are, who are struggling quicker, who may be learning slower quicker. Also, we have an attendance issue where, you know, in today's world, there's so many places where parents can care their children for a family vacation. A lot of the time that is tied to an educational purpose. So in Gulfport, we were having the issue where a parent would go away for a week and, and, and be doing good things, but then they're missing school. Uh, and then, of course, we have our great military uh, from our Air Force and our CBs. They rotate in, rotate off. So we were looking at ways to help with attendance, to help with uh, student achievement and being able to accelerate those kids so they didn't get as far behind. So the plan came out that we'll do a nine weeks of instruction. We'll have a two weeks off in, with, with an intercession and we'll do that during the course of the year. So the purpose is, is one, so let's talk about those families that do need to travel. You know, we're, we're, we're a tourism industry here on the coast. It's hard for people to get off in the summer and take their families because that's when we're making our dollars here on the coast. So saying that on the last week of September and the first week in October, take your vacation there if you can. That way you don't miss school. And then you, you can come back and we're not missing days of education. But also in that two weeks, rather than waiting to summer, to begin to try to remediate, let's take a week or two of those of, of that intercession and let you come and spend some time with teachers in a smaller environment, working on skill sets that you're behind in, working on enrichment if you wish to grow. And they will also be able to do some of our sports camps and, and just keep kids physically active. We also have community groups that are going to come in, the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, uh, Lynn Meadows, just things to offer for kids during that time which are educational. You know, it's not math, science, English, and social studies, but it's, it's social development. It's learning about your community. And in fact, educational as well. So the whole premise was to start school a little earlier, have these two-week intercessions in between, have a time for parents during the year to take a vacation that doesn't hurt attendance in school, work with children sooner, keep them caught up, and, and, and allow for that process to go through. Summer actually is probably going to be only about two or three weeks shorter than it is now. Um, we, with a schedule right now, we start in July, I think it's the 23rd, and then we'll be out right there on the 1st of June, the first week. So you're not really losing much summertime. So we'll still have our summer academy. We'll still do summer school. But hopefully, having that time in between each nine weeks, 
you're able to catch children up so that they're not trying to rush in summer to catch up a year's worth of work where it's a little smaller piece, a little smaller bite to take on during the school year. So, um, so, you know, anytime you do innovation, innovation is, uh, is not easy. Innovation means change. That's, that's what innovation is. It means change. And you usually have to have uh, a lot of communication behind it. So talk to me about the communication strategy behind the intercessions. Uh, okay, so again, we begin with our strategic plan. You've got that hundred individual from all over the community, the initial planning team, begin the discussion. Then you break off into action teams. Um, we've done surveys. We've had principals have discussions in their newsletters and also talk, trying to make sure everybody understood what we were trying to do. Uh, of all the things that we've done, this has been one that's been a little slower to start, rightfully so, because you're breaking 200 years of what school uh, a school year should look like. But uh, once the data began to come in, once the uh, ex- explorations that we did, the visiting of the school district was already on the plan in our state, those things began to get out. And then parents began to realize, wait a minute, this does have some great impact on us as a family in a positive manner. So it's really for us, it's the communication, it's the surveys, it's the discussion, it's the proof and the putting along the wrong ones that we can make it happen. Yeah, you know, career uh, career pathway. There was his fear, but now I don't think anybody wants to go back. It's, it's proven to be a great thing for our kids in middle college. So it's just a matter of building trust and and, and working hard every day to make something work. And again, well, we have less than a minute. Kids. Yeah, it's just about the kids for sure. We have less than a minute left. Curious, uh, are your other superintendent friends already getting in touch with you? Interested in learning more? Well, there was there was a few that I always spent off of going through anything. You know, you, you have your little group that you talk to. What are, are the holes you can find? But yes, we've had several conversations. Justin Grove was in charge of the action team for this, and uh, he has had several phone calls from superintendents all over the state. How did you do it? What was your plan? Same question you're asking. How did you communicate it? And, and why did you do it? So there's been a lot of talk since we stepped off into the pond, and uh, I think it'll be very different next year. Well, this is Glenn East, the superintendent of schools for the Gulfport School System. Good luck, you guys, and uh, I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you. You bet. Have a great day. Broadcasting safe and sound from the coastal Mississippi studios, this is Coast View View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.